Welcome to Cannabis Health Radio, a podcast where we share stories from people around the world who are using cannabis as medicine. The information is meant to raise awareness about the health benefits of cannabis, but should not be taken as medical advice. Now, here are your hosts, Ian Jessup and Corey Yelland. Welcome to another episode of Cannabis Health Radio. I'm Ian Jessup. And I'm Corey Yelland. And Corey is, because she's high risk, she's doing her interview from her home. And we're doing this over Skype. Liver cancers are one of the most common cancers in the world, with nearly 800,000 deaths every year. Primary liver cancers account for less than 1% of all cancers in North America, whereas in Africa, Southeast Asia, and China, they may account for up to 50% of all cancers. And surprisingly, Mongolia has the highest rate of cancer, liver cancer in the world, three times that of Egypt, which is in second place. Now, the high prevalence of people living in these areas carrying the hepatitis B virus and having liver cirrhosis may account for this geographic discrepancy. Now, liver metastasis is cancer that started in another part of the body and spread to the liver. Now, this type of cancer is 30 times more common than primary liver cancers. And Corey will love this. Surprisingly, drinking coffee decreases your risk of liver cancer. Now, joining us to talk about her liver cancer and the role cannabis played in clearing it is Barbara Tierney of Florida. Barbara, thanks for doing this. We appreciate it. Hi. Good morning. Barbara, in January of 2016, you began treatment in a study to treat hepatitis C. When did you find out you had hepatitis C? In the 80s. um, It was at that time called uh, non-A, non-B hepatitis, and they didn't really have a name for it. Then when I had my um, son in 1995, um, the doctor saw that my liver enzymes were elevated, and that's when they told me it was um, hepatitis C. They had come up with a name for it. So I, of course, did everything I could to you know, keep my liver healthy by taking a lot of supplements, and um, and life went on. <laughs> now, Barbara, when you were in this treatment uh, study, what sort of treatment were you given for your hepatitis C? It was um, it was a fast acting antiviral um, hepatitis C medication that you see on TV all the time now. You know. With, um, because there was no, I mean, they did have a, uh, a, a treatment for it, but it was, um, it was very, a very difficult, um, treatment. It was, um, I think it was interferon, wasn't it? Yes, it was interferon and something, it was some cocktail that, mm-hmm. you know, when they offered that to me early on and I said, you know, I had a, a, a young, a little Boy, that I, I just couldn't, um, I couldn't, because interferon, what I read was uh, like chemotherapy. It, it was, was, yeah, you know, at, that, at that stage in the game it was, absolutely. Right, so I I didn't do that, and um, when they found uh, the spot on my, they thought was my pancreas, um, I went to this Dr. Brown in, um, in New York, and he offered to put me in a study for this new medication that 
was specifically um, geared toward all of the um, different um, hepatitis C's. There, you know, it depended on your genotype, mm-hmm. uh, which what was going to treat what. And this particular one was going to treat mine. The ones that were on the market already were not going to treat mine. Um, so I agreed to go into the study, and I was thrilled to go into the study. Um, but um, and so no buts. I got into the study. <laughs> so you got and, into the study, and and apparently within a matter of months, you were cleared of your Hep C. Yes, I think it was about eight weeks. Um, all the um, all the tests that came back said that there was no no viral load for hepatitis C. Now, after you were cleared of your Hep C, when did they discover that you had liver issues with your with yeah. carcinomas? So, yeah, so I had to go back for a follow up uh, MRI just to take a look at my liver and make sure everything was good. And that's when they saw that there were um, several uh, lesions on my liver, and um, and two, one of them was definitely a carcinoma, and two others were uh, high risk, you know, high probability of um, of the um, carcinoma. How long was this after you had gotten the all clear from the Hep C? It was about three months later. Okay. Okay, so that's got to be a, a shot in the gut when you've just got rid of Hep C. Yeah, it was um, it was scariest time of my life. <laughs> so what 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 did they what did they propose to uh, do, or what kind of treatment did they suggest for you? They told me that the only thing that that um, would you know get rid of this is a liver transplant so I was totally in shock I just you know couldn't believe that they were proposing that I have a liver transplant um, because they said that um, you could go in you know and and do an embolization which you know would blast them apart but the chances are that in the everything that they've seen, um, in their research and from what they've experienced, uh, they, they were going to come back. So um, anyway, I agreed to start going through the steps to get approved to get on the um, liver transplant list. And um, the further I got into it, the more I realized I, you know, there was no way I could afford it. My insurance was not going to cover all the expenses. I'm a, I was a single mom. I had, you know, I didn't have that kind of money. I worked for myself as a freelance um, website designer. And um, so that kind of got dropped. And of course, I, I just started uh, doing research and to find out what else was out there for me. Barbara, between the time that you were diagnosed and they told you you needed a liver transplant, which you said you couldn't afford, and the time you discovered cannabis, what was that time like for you? <laughs> I was in I was in a panic. I mean, I w- I didn't I didn't know you know what to do or what to think. I you know you 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 hear of so many people having. Um, you know, cancer and, you know, you just 
have no idea until you experience it yourself what that feeling is like. Were you were you having any symptoms, Barbara? No. No. So, so none whatsoever, but you just knew your life was uh, essentially on the line and you're you're and really you've got no recourse because you can't afford the transplant. Right. That's right. So what's what's going through your head at this stage? Just fear and panic. I didn't know, you know, I didn't know what to I I, I didn't know what to do. I I was scared. Do you yeah, know, I imagine it would be really scary. Single mom, you, you've got your child, and you're thinking, what the hell am I going to do? Yeah. yeah. You know, we've talked to a couple of people in the last several weeks who have uh, dealt with breast cancer, and uh, both of them have said that during the time they were diagnosed and told they had breast cancer, they were in shock for a couple of weeks. Mm-hmm. But right after the diagnosis, the doctor said, well, we have a plan for you. We can do chemo. We can do radiation. Here's what we're going to do. And I don't mean this as a flippant comment, but you were one of the lucky ones who they couldn't tell this to. That's right. Yeah, because you needed a transplant, so you were on the list and you had to wait. But I bet you were in shock for a couple of weeks. I was. I was totally in shock. I I just didn't know, um, you know, I didn't know what to do. So I just started researching and reading and, and, um, it was my only hope, you know, to find a, find something to, you know, something that'll cure me. So how, what did you start doing? I started, um, I started, you know, researching natural remedies for, um, for liver cancer or for cancer and I found Chris Walk um, or Wark who um, cured his stage four brain cancer I believe with um, juicing and you know all natural diet eliminating uh, meat and dairy and um, just you know just vegetables so and then um, while I was, you know, I bought a juicer and I started that. I started doing that, carrots and kale. And I bought a, a really expensive juicer so that I could make sure I was getting all the n- n- mm-hmm. nutrients. And, and then I got an email from him um, because, you know, I was on his list. And um, there was something, um, you know, check this out, um, the sacred plant. Um, it was a series about, um, you know, with doctors and nurses who were, um, researching cannabis and, um, and, you know, the people that were cured with it and they followed the lives of different people. So I started watching that and I got my medical marijuana license and the doctor that I went to, I told her what my plan was and she said, well, you might slow the growth, but you're not gonna you're not gonna get rid of it with um, the New York State medical marijuana. So then I started, you know, doing more research, and you know, in, in the sacred plant, they tell you that the full extract um, cannabis oil is what was doing the most good for people. So I started talking to people and found someone that um, was making this fico. And um, he agreed to, 
make me a batch. Uh, he was working with a nutritionist in New Hampshire somewhere, and um, you know, he, I guess, must have gotten some kind of recommendation as to what to use. And anyway, that was uh, a miracle, miracle that I found him, and a miracle that I was able to to um, get it from him. So you started taking the oil. Were you doing it three times a day? Were you doing it all orally? Yes, how, how you, orally. How did you feel when you first took it? Oh, it was awful. I, I mean, I felt like <laughs> a zombie. I felt like a zombie, but I, you know, I, I really believed in it after everything I, you know, read about Rick Simpson oil and and the sacred plant and. Um, it was just a miracle and it didn't matter. I didn't care how I felt or, um, what it did to me. I mean, I, I was a zombie. I, you know, I just, I couldn't work. I couldn't really do much of anything. So I did it three times a day. Um, I guess it was for two months, three months. Uh, you started out low, started out low dose. And real small, yeah, real small. And worked up to a grain of rice and, you know, three times a day. And that was really all I could do. Right. Um, and, you know, I, because I, I, I just couldn't function. And I've never been a pot smoker. Um, of course, I've done it occasionally, but I was never a pot smoker. So because, because it whacked me out, it made me, <laughs> I was very sensitive to it. So anyway... Um, now I you're just, now you're a pro at it. <laughs> no, yeah. I don't. I still don't. <laughs> <laughs> so, so you took this for several months. How, two months, did you say? Two or three months. I'm I'm not really sure. You know, it was a couple of years ago now. So, right. Kind of uh, don't remember all the details. All I know is three months after I started it, I. Um, they didn't, they, it was gone. The, the, um, the lesions were gone. Were non-viable, I guess is what they, what they, uh, put in the report. I just read this morning. Wow. So what was your doctor's response to this? And what was your response? Were, you know, well, they knew what I was doing. Um, you know, he, the doctor said, I can't condone it. Um, but, um, you know, just keep doing what you're doing. And um, that was that was what he said. <laughs> and I don't think that they're surprised by it, but they just can't. Um, they can't condone it. They can't recommend it. They, you know, and it's just awful because there are people dying, and you know, they, this could be offered to the to these poor people that are so sick. Yeah, because it's illegal federally in the U.S., uh, they can't condone it. If they did, they, they're likely to lose their license. That's right. Yeah. So within uh, two or three months, you were clear of cancer, and uh, you have been clear of cancer since that time? Yes. So how long has this been all told then? Um, hmm. About three years, I, right? Yes, I think so. It's... I started in um, June of 2017, and last May I went for the last uh, MRI I had uh, was last May, 
2019, and it's clear. It's still clear. Awesome. Awesome. Are you taking a maintenance dose, Barbara? See, no, that, you know, and, and so I've been a little bit nervous about that because I know that, um, this nasty cancer can, you know, can rear its ugly head. So I just got my, um, Florida, uh, uh, marijuana license, medical marijuana license. And fortunately in Florida, you can get the Rick Simpson oil, so um, I've got an order coming tomorrow, and I'm going to start maintenance tomorrow. Oh, good. good. I can't stress how important that is enough. It, it truly is important. We've seen time and time again people who have cleared themselves stop the oil, and the yeah. cancer comes back. And I'd really hate for that to happen. Yeah, it comes mm-hmm. back with a vengeance too, doesn't it, Corey? Yes, it does, yeah. yeah. God. <laughs> no, you're going to be fine. <laughs> yeah, you're going to be fine, that's for sure. We don't want to make you nervous. <laughs> now, now that everything else that's going on in this world is making me nervous enough <laughs> now Barbara you had uh, shortly after taking started you, you started taking the cannabis oil you had embolisms in your liver and I, they treated yeah. two and then one of them they, they couldn't right so they did a, an embolism in um, one section of my liver and when I woke up from this horrible thing or when I was, you know, alert enough, he said, you know, I have good news and bad news. We treated um, two of them, but one of them was in, a, in another section and we'll have to go back in and do that at another time because we couldn't, you know, do it at, you know, at this time. So, um, so yeah, so I decided right then and there I would never go through that again. It was horrible. It was very painful, and it took me a long time to recover. I can imagine. Now, now, Barbara, I want to ask you, when you were diagnosed with liver cancer, you said you were in a state of shock, which is completely understandable. When you went and got the all clear, what was that like for you? Oh my God, it was, I was, um, you know, I get, I, I, I really believed that it was going to work, but I guess in the back of my head, I kind of felt like, you know, it would be too good, be could, too good to be true. And I was, um, I, over the moon, like, you know, it was one of the best days of my life. Yeah. It was, it was unbelievable. That's that's fantastic. Yeah. And it's hard for, you know, you try to tell people about this and and people are like, "Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah." You know, they don't really believe they don't really know what you're going through and they don't believe that something as simple as this could cure cancer. You know, the common yeah. response I I believe is that most people would say listen if this worked doctors would use it right oh yeah i want a dollar for every time i've heard that mm-hmm. yep it's um it's awful and you know and i believe that it's i don't know if i should be saying this but i believe that you know because of our drug companies in this country that you know they're ruling the world 
and it'll never be legal or anyway, it's, I'm going to stop. <laughs> well, it's legal here in Canada, but it's a mess. Mm. Isn't it, yeah. Corey? Yeah, it really is. It truly is a mess. Before we uh, started recording, Barbara, you were talking about a possible link between hepatitis C uh, treatment and liver cancer. Can you share a bit of that with us? Well, um, they say that, um, you know, when you have um, hepatitis C, that it can lead to um it can lead to liver cancer. So uh, when I started the study for the hepatitis C medication um, at Wild Cornell, I, um, there, there were no signs of any carcinomas. There, there was a lesion, but it was, um, it was a, you know, it was non-viable. It was, you know, not something that um, they were concerned about. So after I finished the medication um, and all these um, little lesions showed up that were, um, you know, one was definitely, and I think I, I said that, but um, so I read a study about these um, fast-acting um, antiviral drugs that they were using to, or, you know, doing um, research on, and, and now they're out. I mean, the one that I was on is out and, you know, people are taking it. Um, it took, so anyway, the study said that, um, that they were finding that, um, that there was, there were a lot of people that were getting um, liver cancer after taking these antiviral drugs. Mm. Um, so I, I guess I was a perfect candidate because, you know, I, I had had it for so long, but I can't help but believe that that medication, you know, brought it, brought it to light. Yeah. Played a part. Yeah. Oh, interesting. Barbara, a number of people have said, uh, in the interviews we've done over the last couple of years that, uh, cancer is the best thing that ever happened to them. Would you go that far? I don't know. I mean, I don't know. I mean, it was, um, I don't know. I, I don't know if I would say that. <laughs> no, I don't, I don't blame you either. Now, how, is, how has this changed your life? Um, well, you know, I just, I, uh, I just, try really hard to, um, to, you know, stay healthy and, um, and appreciate every day. Are you still doing juicing, et cetera, like supportive stuff? I kind of, I kind of backed off on that too. Um, but. Okay, Barbara, I, we're here to get you on track again. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I need to because you know I, I made a big life change. I left um, New York in um, in last August and moved to Florida all by myself. And um, down here, you know, trying to work and and just trying to keep up. And um, so I, a lot of you know what I was doing, I've kind of let you know I've been distracted with. Uh, 
just trying to settle in down here with my new life. You you have a son, correct? Yeah, he's an older son. He's 24. And then I have an older, older son that's 45. Oh, well, we're in the same age group. Um, <laughs> <laughs> do your children know that you uh, you smoke you uh, take cannabis? Yes, yes, and they're very you know fully supportive. You know of of what I did. I mean, I mean that's that's great, Corey. How many times have we heard that children and offspring of of people that we've interviewed have gotten on their parents' case for taking cannabis, and the result has not been good. We've heard that a lot, yeah. haven't we? Yeah, we've heard that a lot, yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, they were really scared for me, and, um, yeah, they, they, my older son for sure believed that it was, that it was um, going, to, going to help. He had done some research uh, on his own, and he believed that it would, that it was going to work, and we're all relieved. Yeah. No doubt, no doubt. Liver, liver cancer is a pretty aggressive cancer, so for you to overcome that and to overcome it as quickly as you did is just amazing. I know. I believe it, you know, it was the combination of the, the juicing and the, and the cannabis and just, you know, trying to be clean. Yeah, when Corey told me your story about how quickly you got rid of the liver cancer, it was a bit of a shock uh, in, because we've talked to people who have gone on, uh, uh, had other cancers and have used cannabis, and it's taken them a long time to get rid of it, but they got rid of it. Mm-hmm. But you did it in such a short time. You know, I often, you know, I have my own theories about that because, you know, your liver... Um, filters out everything that goes through your system and and so I was eating you know this oil and it you know it had to go through my liver and and that's that's why I believe that it that it worked so fast I don't know I mean it's just my theory well I think that's a good theory what do you think Corey I think it's a good theory but also the bottom line is she got her done it's like yeah let's not around let's just get rid of this yeah. Yeah. Exactly. Next, you know. <laughs> yeah. Has this uh, changed your outlook on life? Uh, you know, I just um, pretty much live one day at a time. I mean, that it's just the way I am. It's the way I've always been. I just am grateful for every day, and um, I don't think it's changed it that much. But uh, you know, I, I I can't you know let um, things affect me like um, like they do some people. I try to try to keep stress out of my life. Um, I'm a Reiki master, and I, I I have not been practicing that lately. But um, I believe that you know that it, when it's when it's our time, it's our time. And um, I try try to live each day best I can. What you said was really interesting because you said that you live one day at a time and other things that used to bother you, you don't try and not let them bother you now. Mm-hmm. And I think, and I don't want to generalize, but I will. 
Most people get too hung up on the little things in life that really have no consequence. Right. And they don't enjoy life. They want to complain about life. Mm-hmm. And when people like you and Corey, who were given really a, a death sentence, at least Corey was given four months to live about eight years ago, every day is a day of appreciation because right. you woke up, you're alive, you're healthy. And whereas other people just find a way to complain about life. And it's, it's so difficult to communicate with those folks. What, I know. What are your thoughts, Corey? Well, n- negativity uh, negativity is just such a downer, you know, to yeah. hear negative all the time. And, of course, then that's what you attract as well. But if I'm around somebody who's super negative, I have to, I have to back off. Because it really, I'm, I'm, I'm um, very susceptible to soaking up other people's energy. Mm-hmm. So I, I just have to, I have to draw the line and say, you know what, I, I can't cope with this. Mm-hmm. You know, it's not that I'm not empathetic, et cetera. And I'm certainly, you know, all yeah. of us have negative moments, et cetera, et cetera. But there are people that tend to just wallow in negativity, and it's just. It's exhausting, and I find it really, really brings me down. And unfortunately, it's not doing anything for them. It's just lowering their entire immune system. Yep. Right. I really believe that I, with all my heart. you know, I, And I'm very empathetic, too, and that's pretty much why I'm not practicing Reiki anymore because I would just take on, you know, everybody's, uh, you know, try to protect myself, but it just became too much for me, and I would overwhelm me, so, yeah. Yeah, you got to yeah. get away from that. Barbara, mm-hmm. it was great to talk to you. Uh, we appreciate you doing this, and uh, we give one admonishment, and that is start taking your cannabis oil. <laughs> Tomorrow. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you so much, Barbara, for taking the time and uh, sharing your story. Thank you. Thanks, Barbara. At Cannabis Health Radio, we'd like to get the word out that we have a podcast that deals with the medical benefits of cannabis, which can be beneficial to everyone. But we need your help. On your social media platforms, can you spread the word about Cannabis Health Radio? If you can, we would greatly appreciate it. Now, if you'd like to contribute to Cannabis Health Radio, you can do so by going on our website and hitting the contribution button. Or you can, for the price of a cup of coffee a month you can contribute $5 to Cannabis Health Radio. And we greatly appreciate those who have done so thus far. Now, we'd like to thank Ron Zahar, the producer, for helping us out here at Cannabis Health Radio. He's a wonderful guy who greatly appreciates what we do. And also, he contributes his time and his studio to help us out. And we'd also like to thank Mark Viel, who puts up our Cannabis Health Radio podcast on YouTube. And that's it for another edition of Cannabis Health Radio. We'll see you again next week. Thanks for listening to Cannabis Health Radio. For more information and to search previous podcasts, visit our website, CannabisHealthRadio.com. Subscribe so you don't miss new episodes. And follow us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. This podcast is made possible by donations from our listeners. 
found the information helpful, please consider making a donation in any amount through our website. You can also help us share our message by leaving a review on your podcast listening platform. We are very grateful for your support. Thank you. Thanks for listening to today's show. To check out more great cannabis podcasts, go to podconnects.com. Here's a preview of one of our other shows. Hi, my name's Kate, and I'm your host of the Pop Moms Podcast. I started the Pop Moms Podcast, well, because I wanted to end the stigma against using cannabis, specifically with moms, but also anyone who chooses to consume. I strive for a balance of humor and education, along with some pretty rad guests, to help combat social biases that come with consuming cannabis. Kids are hard. Join me for regular podcast episodes packed with parenting hacks, real-life stories, and of course, my favorite cannabis products. The days are long, but the years are short. So roll another J and take a deep breath. Keep blazing and stay amazing.